Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He's at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Tighten Up Pod. Follow us on Instagram. We're at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is episode number 206. The Oliver Twist, please, sir. I want some more sod titles of sods. <laughs> That's, that's solid. And and honestly, it is because it does feel like every uh, couple of weeks we are uh, putting it out there that we need some so titles. And uh, we are the Oliver Twist of podcast so titles when it comes to that. Look, we thought early on, Jack and I, we said, you know what would be fun if we let our listeners name each episode that we record. And so we did. And look, we started off hella strong. Hello, strong, but then the well hath run dry, and so we are once again coming to you. I, Bernie Sanders meme, once again coming to you for more so titles. Okay, <laughs> we are the Oliver Twist. We are, please, sir. Can I have some more so titles? We need some, sir. We we're very hungry, and that's the only thing we eat. We're on a very strict diet. You wouldn't tell from my current weight. But I am I'm on a current, currently strict diet. Maybe that's why, because i gotten so fat. I need to only eat so titles. So give us the so titles. I'm, I've gotten so deep into this analogy, I've kind of lost where I'm at. But you, you know, the episode 206, we're two weeks away from a four-year anniversary. Are we going to elope or am I going to get a ring on it, Austin? Wait, four years away? I mean, four episodes two, away? How do you... two, two weeks away. Two weeks away? Right? 208 divided by 4? That's 52? That's how many weeks there are in a year? Jeez. I didn't even think about that. My goodness. Yeah, and we haven't missed a week, right? I know. I, should we Should we move in? Well, we haven't missed a week. I don't know about that. Okay. All right. This, this podcast hasn't missed some a week. Some of us went through some pretty hefty life changes. That's fine. I know. I, no one's throwing you under the bus here. No, you should throw me under the bus. I did miss an extensive amount of time, which, which look, gave the listeners a healthy dose of Luke Worsham. Luke Worsham. Luke, Luke Worsham, Worsham. Luke Worsham, Worsham. Luke Worsham. Hey, who had Luke Worsham on the bingo card for this week's episode? If you didn't, you should every week. You Luke should. Worsham Luke Appreciation Worsham, Week is every week. He should be the free space on your Tighten Up Podcast bingo card. That and then uh, me making a reference to the Chicago Bears. Uh, <laughs> Um, Jack not understanding a movie reference. Yeah. I, honestly, someone should make bingo cards for the Titan Up podcast because there's so many different things you could put on there. Um, the uh, that so title comes to us from Eldon English at Shrike One One Three. Again, an, what could be another bingo space? Last year's Tupper of the Year coming through with the so title. An, an a reference to Eldon, I think, could very easily be a. Uh, 
a square on the bingo card for the Titan of Podcasts. Look, we've got a lot to get to. We're bringing on our buddy Easton Freeze from Broadway Sports Media. Uh, Easton does uh, really good work with what he does, probably because he's a bro and a high school graduate, and you should expect nothing less from those. I mean, what? It's Easton Freeze, myself, Kesha. I mean, look, we, uh, we Austin run Austin Stanley. Austin Stanley. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you better be careful. You better be yeah, careful. No put offense him to Austin me. Stanley. Look, I'm saving the best for last. Uh, Austin Stanley, obviously the A in A to Z sports. Without him, it's just Z sports. And nobody's following just Z sports, right? You want A to Z sports. Mm -hmm. Um, And Austin Stanley is that. So uh, shout out to all the Brown High School Bruin alumni. Um, Another potential bingo square, Brentwood uh, Brentwood reference. Luke Steckel. Luke, yeah, yeah, Brown High School reference is another square on the bingo card. Uh, Luke Steckel, shout out, uh, another uh, God bless and go Bruin. Um, all right, um, and so now we talked to Easton, then we're going to get into a bunch of tidbits from uh, Titans because honestly, that's kind of all we're getting right now is little tidbits until uh, the combine and or free agency opens. There's going to be uh, nothing but tidbits until then. Watch, I say this, and then major news is going to break right after this so it drops. I mean, that's how it always works. But um, let's, uh, Jack, if you're good with it, let's go ahead and just get into it. Let's run it. With all of that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train coming. It's rolling around the bay. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast. Today is February Henry 21st, 2024. And we are, of course, joined uh, by the guy who shares a name with our favorite uh, metal bat company, Easton Freeze. Easton, uh, how are you? Gentlemen, I'm fantastic. It, I I, uh, I went back. I think it's been 95 days since I've been on this program. Uh, so then I calculated when the next time I'll be on based on that is. And we're going to have a riveting conversation in like June on June 3rd when there's nothing to talk about. So looking forward that, to that. Yeah, uh, that uh, will be we will be jonesing so hard for any <laughs> sort of football content in those uh, desert days. Like we think we have it rough now, but it's not even close to that um which i guess is a good segue to uh get you guys to check out the hot read podcast which uh by the time this drops will have already been out um easton is of course host for that with broadway sports media um easton got so much we want to get to with you let's do it uh first and foremost we'll start here uh just Brentwood high school talk no i'm kidding right Uh, no (laughs) i just had to mention it off god bless go bruins spare Uh, me god bless and go bruins you know (laughs) <laughs> no, Easton, we um, honestly, like, as you know, uh, if, if you've if you've spent more than two minutes listening to this podcast, then you know that uh, what usually isn't important to everyone else is of the utmost importance to Jack and I. And uh, we like to dwell in ridiculousness and uh, funny. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we would be remiss if we did not start with the spat in the media room where uh, normally it involves 
Mike Vrabel and like Paul Kaharski or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe another uh, reporter who just irks Mike Vrabel. But Mike Vrabel is gone. So we thought, OK, thus is gone. Or at least like especially in these uh, honeymoon days of Brian Callahan, that there wouldn't be much drama. There wouldn't be much. Uh, you One know, would think that. Yeah. Yeah. Pushback or anything like that. But unfortunately, on uh, just what the second press conference of Brian Callahan's Tennessee Titans tenure we got a big dust up, but not with Brian Callahan. It was with two reporters, and you happened to be in the room when this went down. One, of course, was Paul Kaharski, and the other was one that I, I believe many people thought was Teron Davenport until he tweeted out, yeah. "Hey, that was not me. That was you know because it did. It sounded like Teron." Who was the other person involved? And basically give us your account of when it went down. Sure. Um, I love that this is this is the most important thing that we have to talk oh, about today. I mean, I, I honestly, there's nothing else <laughs> um, I don't think is, is near as pressing. Honestly. Listen, man, it the the other guy, I, I I you know, I wouldn't normally go telling on people, but he I think he talked about it himself on Twitter, so it's not a big deal. Uh, his name is Nabias. He's relatively new on the beat. He, uh, I believe, is writing for the SI Fan Nation site, um, and so they're they're just two fellas decided to try to get their question in at the same time, and uh, like a couple of alpha gorillas just kind of puffed their chest out a little bit, and neither one was willing to cede the floor to the other. Um, and I think I, I know that Paul wasn't crazy about the new guy necessarily stepping over the, you know, on on the veterans' toes, and and Paul has been there for literally. I like to remind him that he's been there. Uh, on the beat longer than I have been alive. So that's a long time. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I think that there was just a little bit of a uh, little, little pride in the air that afternoon. And then, uh, the, you know, there were some words exchanged afterwards. And uh, as I think as Paul said himself on Twitter, it's, you know, it's behind us. And uh, it, it's, it's just one of those things that is silly and goofy to me. I, I think I, I'm not, like I'm on the beat and I, I enjoy being in those press conferences, but I thoroughly dislike what you could even say. I have a disdain for the way that um, reporters tend to act when things get a little bit dicey on time and like trying to, there seems to be a perception that you get bonus points for asking the question. You do not in fact get bonus points for asking the question. Um, it's about the answer to the question. And if we all just take turns like adults, um, that would be ideal is just how I kind of see it. But sometimes we can't do that. So. I love that. And you used um, a, a term, I believe it was alpha gorilla. Do you mm-hmm. believe that this is the first time Paul Kaharski has been referred to as an alpha gorilla? <laughs> I'd imagine it is. Uh, and you know what? It's a compliment. <laughs> you know, Paul, he, he has a very he's, – he's an alpha reporter. He's very good at what he does. He, you know, he, he's been around the block. Uh, he's very well connected. He's very talented. And you know what? He's, he's in there. He's going to get his. And you know what? I think we all know that about him. Yeah, that's just weird that uh, PK would be involved in a dust-up. Uh, like this, and uh, and yeah, as PK you, said on Twitter, that they you know is, is behind them. They you know they talked it out and moved on. Uh, we do not move on from things like this, um, right? Sure. I I just got to know this uh, Nabias uh, fella who we are becoming like you know we were becoming uh, acquainted uh, with. Acquainted with. Thank you. Mm-hmm. PK, it, it, are we getting another PK? Is this just like a baby PK? Like, is this a, <laughs> is this a new, like, have we spawned, been along, around long know, enough man. with the Titans beat to where now PK's offsprings are uh, 
are entering the ring? It could be I the would. final boss for PK. <laughs> got to yeah, he's got to dispatch Nevias, and then he truly is the, the winner of <laughs> the Game King of Thrones. Of I, I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I, like, I don't want to talk bad enough about Nevias because I've known the guy for like 10 seconds. Uh, I didn't I mean, talk look, to him P- about this P- the other day via text. PK is a great reporter, so it's not a knock to say that. You know, it's just, uh, you know. I'll we, say we this. I'll that. say this. Uh, you know, like they both, Nevias is new on this beat, but my understanding is that he's been doing this for a long time, just like sports reporting in general. And he's been on a number of different beats before. And, and he and Paul both have a very, and I think uh, all three of us can understand this, and anybody from the from this this southern region can understand that there's a difference between you know the southern mentality and the northern mentality, and uh, just the way that we sometimes uh, hold ourselves in polite society is not necessarily a bad way or in a good way, just different ways of going about things in life. And uh, you know, Paul likes to constantly reference, half jokingly. Um, how soft this market is and how he'd love to be in a real market like New York or Philadelphia or whatever, which is funny to me because he, he points to things like this that happen in the media room. And he says, this is like a Wednesday if you're covering the Eagles, which he's right about. Um, but I don't think that that's like, I think he sees that as a like, get over it. This is how the big boys handle it. To me, that is, you're just pointing out how ridiculous those markets are and how like just it's buffoonery all (laughs) the time. I don't think it's like, I don't think that's a thing to aspire to personally, but people see things differently. And I just think that they both have a, uh, a a very aggressive business approach to things. And um, it just like it, you know, people have tried to talk over each other before in press conferences. I think it was just the fact that it was a new guy that Paul had had it up to here with. He decided to let him have it. So. Well, uh, Easton, we want to thank you for joining us today. Thank you for the insight, and we'll uh, yeah, talk no, to it's uh, looking forward to the next time, guys. Next time something happens in the media room, I'll be back. Easton, no, I'll get myself in trouble. This is one of the main reasons why Jack and I are not credentialed, nor will we uh, probably ever be. And um, you got to be political main, about it, politically correct. Yeah, it's mainly because we would just be two of the most immature adults in the room uh, right. when this goes down. Like, sure. We would be snickering and snarling and not, honestly not be able to focus the rest of the press conference. And oh, I came this, I came this, I mean, I had my phone down. up recording the presser and I came this close to turning it and being like world star. Here we go. Let's get it. Let's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, you know what right. I mean? World but I didn't, I, I stayed focused. That's, I guess that's my training. You got to go right, viral, so- dude. Turning the page to Brian Callahan um, a little bit, not his press conferences, but mm-hmm. his scheme, his offense in itself. What do you what do you make of the staff that he's hired so far? And also, I, I want you to answer this question as well. You're Will Levis, by the way. So, Will, mm-hmm. what about Brian Callahan excites you the most as the quarterback of the Titans? So. Let me let me start with the will question. Work my way backwards. Um, if I'm will, I, what what has me most excited is, and this is not a a rip against what Mike Vrabel was as a coach or what his staff was doing necessarily, but um, Brian Callahan is a guy that, and we were talking about this on the hot read the other day. Um, a lot of people came away from that introductory press conference with the two coordinators, and everybody was like, "Denard Wilson, man, he seems like he's got the goods." Mm-hmm. Nick Holtz is also here. Uh, and that's a th- like, you know, like what exactly is it that you, you do here, Nick? Um, but it's funny because Nick is in the role that Brian Callahan was in not too long ago in Cincinnati. And so the, the thing that I think we may see Nick Holtz do for himself, like Brian Callahan did for himself is kind of carve out a lane 
in that OC, but not the play caller. So I'm not really sure what you can blame me for kind of role. Um, with, with Callahan, you know, his thing coming in when he was still just a candidate for the Titans head coach position was he was the, he was the QB guy, right? Oh, he's, he's, he's worked with Matt Stafford, had a lot to do with what Peyton Manning was doing in Denver, working with Derek Carr when he was young and putting up really nice years, uh, working with young Joe Burrow and turning the, the, the Bengals offense into one that was not just really talented year in and year out, but one that could, uh, mature and evolve and morph to, to match the 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 challenges the defenses were throwing at them, the answers the defenses had to their offense, they were able to counter those answers with different answers. And and that a lot of those things were attributed to Brian Callahan, and I think rightfully so. Um, that's the kind of thing that would excite me if I'm Will, because he does have this record record, not just with a number of different quarterbacks, but a number of different like kinds of quarterbacks, right? And um one thing that I think is really important for the Titans' decision in hiring Callahan that we, that I've talked to a couple of times. Um, and I, I think that this is the case, but you hear this all the time just from a general head coaching hiring philosophy standpoint. You need to hire the guy, not the scheme that you think the guy has, right? You don't want to hire Brian Callahan's scheme. You want to hire Brian Callahan. And a big reason why I think that's important in this case is because Joe Burrow and Will Levis are really different quarterbacks fundamentally. Joe Burrow is a guy that you want throwing the ball 30 to 40 times a game. Let's throw a lot of short and intermediate stuff. Let's throw outside the numbers. Let's throw near the line of scrimmage, a quick quick passing game. Like that's his vibe, and he excels in that area. With Will Levis, it's let's do 10 to 12 A dot. Let's get the ball down the middle of the field, push the ball downfield, throw the ball 20, 25 times a game, capitalize on play action and big shots. They're kind of polar opposites in that way. And so for Brian Callahan to succeed going from Joe Burrow to Will Levis, he's going to need to do very different things. And because of the lengthy track record that he has with different quarterbacks doing different things, I don't see any reason why he can't be that guy. And if I'm Levis, I'm really excited about what he has in store for me from a bespoke game plan standpoint. All right. uh, Now, Ethan, real quick follow up. Um, Obviously, uh, Jack just asked uh, how you would uh, respond if you were Will Levis. So can you give us that answer again, this time actually as Will Levis? Uh, I think Will Levis recently replied to a question downtown, who's going to win in 2024? And his answer yeah. was, the tits, baby. So I guess that's the answer, right? <laughs> yeah. It was the ble- the bleeping tits. Uh, right. I, be- I just, you know, I try to keep it family friendly. You yeah. got to protect the brand, but. Uh, I love Will yeah. Levis, by the way. I, oh, I he's, just he's, he's, I mean, like, I just, I don't know him super well, but having spent a year around him and talked to him a couple of times, um, he seems like a guy that you want in the blunt rotation for sure. He's, yeah. He seems like a nice hang. <laughs> we, now, we have to imagine that that video's recent, right? I, I, from what I understand, it was like four days ago. Yeah. Do How do we feel about our QB one being out on what seemed to be like, you know, lower broad or just downtown out and about. Yeah. I was thinking about that, man. Um, I guess you got to capitalize when you're famous, but not yet famous enough to where you physically like just can't logistically can't do that anymore, which I guess he's kind of right in that sweet spot. He's been on a real rampage since the off season began, right? He's doing rain man stuff in Vegas. And then he's playing around with Phil Mickelson. And then he's coming back and hanging out on lower broad, just like, out and about alone. I, I don't know if he had security or what, just kind of like vibing with the people, man of the people respect the yeah. brand hundred percent. Gotta, gotta love that. Right. But um, from a logistical standpoint, if I was him, I'm not sure I would do that, but it seemed yeah, to work I mean, out. I'm so in this like real, it, like man. weird, like uh internal tug of war where it's like, look, I don't want to be the old head 
sports talk radio guy who's like, oh, he should be at home studying his playbook. Uh, he shouldn't have a life. Right. You know, he's a he's a quarterback now. And he has to understand his responsibility. But I'm also like, okay, but like he is he is a young guy, and you know, I I, I want athletes to have lives. Obviously, like I'm not going to be yeah that guy. But it's but it is one of those things where you don't see the great ones out and about. You don't I see disagree. the Okay, all right, wait, because well, I, I, I would love a rebuttal. I would love to be rebuttaled on this. Well, Steve McNair was downtown all of the time. I mean, he drank more beer than, you know, an elephant could at times downtown. At least that's what we hear. Um, so I, I, I know, like, nowadays there's more attention and, and, you know, there's more media, there's a bigger media presence and quarterbacks kind of have to live in the shadows. But Steve McNair was, a, was, was the best quarterback I've ever seen in my lifetime for this team. And yeah. Well, he but he didn't he didn't stay inside like that. He didn't live alone. But if you if you take it back, and this was pre social media, Steve McNair did get like railed within not just the media but amongst fans because of not not ever practicing and always you know being injured. Like people were very frustrated with Steve McNair while Steve McNair was the Tennessee Titans quarterback. True. We like to think, you know, oh, retroactively, like, oh, he was the greatest. Oh, and we all love roses. Him. Right. Mm-hmm. No, but when he, like, imagine Titans Twitter before Twitter. <laughs> it was just, it was just fed up Titans fans. Um, I don't know. I don't even know how you would voice your opinion free then. Like, I, I'm, like, I don't remember a world before Twitter, but. Your uh, MySpace wall or something? Yeah, I don't know, like, I'm going like, to pretend I, I was old like enough would, to have a MySpace. Let's would, be, let's get real. Come on. Yeah, you would send, like, angry emails to Joe Biddle, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> print it out, but, put it on the coffee shop work board, maybe? Just like yeah, a, a yeah, public, right. go full Martin but, Luther and just. Yeah, so, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I think I he's don't capitalizing be... on the sweet spot. Cause like he has, you know, yeah. first year down, he's given nobody a, a, no Titans fans, a reason to hate him yet. And he's right. not yet mega famous to the point. He also bought himself some goodwill. Like, what did you hear all season long from last May on? Is that like, yeah. this guy's a psychopath. You got Colton Dowell in training camp being like, I'm the guy's roommate and I'm afraid to touch the television remote and turn it on to watch basketball because this guy won't get out of his iPad in the playbook. And I don't want to look like a loser to him. Like that's been his vibe just a psychopath. And like, I don't think that's just a brand. I, from what I understand, that's just who the guy is. And that's very good for a franchise quarterback. That's what you want. So if he's going to cut, like, you know, if, if his whole thing is work hard, play hard, then play hard King, go for it. If he's even playing that hard, you know, I I feel like he's just popping up and, you know, making different appearances. Like I I don't feel like he's, you know, out of control or anything. I don't think he's out of control, but it did feel like there was a 72 hour period where he was like, Gambling at three in the morning on television in Vegas, then playing around to golf in Vegas, then downtown. Like, but like, this is the time of year to do it. So I don't, yeah, I don't sure. care. It's also the life Look, of the, being, the modern day quarterback. You're going to get scrutinized for. He's just 24 years old. Let the guy things. live, man. He's I, 24. Being caught on camera just worries the hell out of me because I don't want him to be caught on camera for the wrong reasons. And yeah. there are people, there are like fans or not even fans, just people are piranhas. And yes, they will look to cut him down at any opportunity they have. We're lucky that all he got caught on that video saying was the bleeping tits, man, because if yes. like anything else could have been, especially if he's, if he's inebriated, which we don't know. I was know about to say, one not. could assume he'd had a couple of uh, beverages that evening based on his behavior, yeah. in that, which again, go, do you, I, I just, look, I, I wouldn't do that and then open my mouth playing... on the, you really are. You're, you're a little old man I, on, on the porch here, I, but look, I, I hate it. On it. I so hate it's okay. that I'm, I'm, 
freaking devil's advocate. I've 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 become what I what I have always hated, and You've lived but it's like to I become the villain. I want him to be great. I want him to be sure one of the top four. I want him to be Joe Burrow essentially because I think that's that's the ceiling, and I think that's I want him to be the, one of the top four. When you think of quarterbacks in this league, you his name is in the sentence. Sure, and for him to do that, I mean he's got it. You've got to get a lot out of him. Not saying that he can't, but I'm and I'm not saying even him going out is is going to prevent that. I just I don't know. I just feel like there's no upside from it, and I hope that I don't know. I'm just hoping for the best. That's I would just I'm say maybe to put a cap on it in general. It's it's ill advised if you are in the public eye at all, whether that is the three of us all the way yeah. up at the bottom, all the way up to an NFL franchise quarterback. Getting inebriated in public is fine. Saying things in public on camera is fine. Doing them at the same time is not the best <laughs> idea, generally speaking. Right. Yeah, not no. probably not a good habit to continue if you're willing. No, I wouldn't make but, a habit of it. Let's say that, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm fine with leaving it at that. Um, so in order for Will Levis, like Austin said, to be one of the best of the best in this league, sure. he's going to need a weapon. And today, we're recording on Tuesday, franchise tag day. Everyone expects T. Higgins to get tagged up in Cincinnati. He will and, be. you know, there's been some buzz about Brandon Ayuk, obviously with the Rand Carthen connection out to uh, San Francisco. It's something to keep an eye on. How do you believe the Titans are going to find D-Hop's Robin? Or, or, or do they make D-Hop Robin and go get a Batman in free agency? Or do they, you know, handle that through the draft? How, how do you see the Titans adding, um, you know, a, a, a high-caliber wide receiver this offseason? The, I would say the highest ceiling potential is getting a guy through the draft, just not because there aren't necessarily guys in the free agent market who are technically free agents that could be that guy. You know, technically free agents, Calvin Ridley and T. Higgins and Mike Evans and Michael Pittman Jr. Um, but we, I think anybody that pays attention knows that those guys are likely to get tagged or have extensions. Now, guys that get tagged like T. Higgins um, and potentially Michael Pittman Jr., you can, there are more, there is more than one way to still acquire them if you're the Titans. One is to forcefully take them from their team, assuming that, that the team puts a uh, unrestricted or excuse me, a non exclusive franchise tag on them, which they're going to do if they tag them. Uh, you can forcefully sign them away and voluntarily give away two first round picks, which is something that nobody would do. So that's Ugh. just a technicality. Um, a more realistic option would be just a tag and trade where the Bengals tag T Higgins, for example, and then you trade whatever the Bengals decide is fair trade compensation for the right to take on that tag and sign T Higgins to a long-term contract. But one would have to assume that starts the conversation. There is at least number 38 this year, the Titans second round draft pick, which I, you know, I'm not sure you necessarily want to have to pay that hefty price to acquire the guy and then spend a gajillion and $7 on him to, to give him a long-term contract. But that all depends on how you see the player. Um, so if you, if you take the guys that you're assuming aren't actually going to be available out of the equation in Ridley and Pittman and Higgins and Evans, then the, the conversation becomes a lot less interesting, right? It's like it's Darnell Mooney. It's Hollywood Brown. It's uh, Titans legend Josh Reynolds. It's Gabe Davis, um, which, you know, it's not sexy uh, in general. And people hear those names and they, they don't necessarily get excited for them. But if you just look historically at how good teams have operated, even with a lot of money like the Titans have in free agency, the, the most success is typically found when you're shopping in that bargain aisle of B and C tier names uh, in free agency. And you find guys that, yes, is is 
are any of these guys going to come in and be the A to Hopkins B? No, they're not. You know, you're not going to bring in Gabe Davis and he's the, the bona fide one. Um, it's still going to be Hopkins. The only way that Hopkins is not the one going into 2024 is, again, the Titans spend high draft capital and get one of these young guys in the draft who can be an immediate impact player, which they may or may not do. But I don't think fans should necessarily be discouraged by the idea of going and getting a Gabe Davis or a Hollywood Brown at a reasonable price. You can't go overpay them, but if you get them at the right price and add them to this rotation where they can, you know, they've got talent at the running back position, they have talent at the tight end position and potentially could add to either of those uh, places. And, and the force multiplier of all of this is, of course, the offensive line, which they're going to address in one way or another um, this offseason in a big way. When, it, when and if that improves, it's going to make a lot of these other guys look good. And I, I think one of the biggest things folks are looking forward to with this new coaching staff is seeing some actual development with these players that have such promise. We don't have to talk year in and year out about how this guy, this is the breakout year. No, no, next year is the breakout year. Like we might actually see some linear growth from these guys um, under this new coaching staff. And, and a lot of these guys on the coaching staff have experience doing that, bringing guys along and, and getting the most out of uh, young talent, promising talent. So that that's the path they're going to be on. Is it possible they end up with a Higgins or an Ayuk in a trade um, or a Mike Pittman Jr.? Yes, it's possible, but I really wouldn't hold your breath. So if the Titans don't go for one of the big fish in the pond and they settle for, you know, a Darnell Mooney or, you know, a Gabe Davis, who maybe I'm being unfair, but I think he's like a glorified NWI in a sense. If we can get um, Gabe say, Davis like every fourth game. Like just a Gabe Davis every fourth game, I think that then that's a home right. run. Higher but he disappears because... so often. He yeah, sure. that's the thing. Totally it's like he, he'll have a great game, and then you'll start him in fantasy for like two or three weeks where he'll produce almost nothing. And then you'll be like, all right, well, I'm benching him. And then it's that game that he always goes off. So so if if that's the route they take, though, and then you find your left tackle at seven, whether it's mm-hmm. Alter for, Sh- for Shanu, um, who are some draft crushes you have in the second round wide receiver-wise? Uh, is there a guy that might work there? if the Titans wait to address that need in the second round of the draft? Yes, there absolutely is. And I, I wouldn't say that I like the second round crop of receivers more than the first round crop because they are less talented guys. But I think that the value it, on day two in the second and third round with this receiver class is is where it's at, in my opinion. Um, so you take Marvin Harrison and Malik Neighbors and Adunze and Brian Thomas out of the equation. Those four guys feel pretty solidly like first-round picks. And you get into the territory of Keon Coleman out of FSU, Troy mm. Franklin out of Oregon, who I'm really not personally fond of, but he's going to be there. Um, A.D. Mitchell out of Texas, who I think is probably not going to fall to 38, but if he is, I would love that pick for the Titans. Lad McConkey is uh, just like if you take what Kyle Phillips was in our hopes and dreams after that first game and then just made that all the time, that's Lad McConkey. Um, that, that, th- those, those are the guys in that area that are potentially going to be um, uh, a pick of theirs at, at 38. Xavier Leggett out of, um, out of uh, South Carolina is, is a very polarizing guy. Um, clearly, they, I know a lot of very smart people who I respect who are very fond of him. I know a lot of very smart people who I respect who are really not all that crazy about him. Um, the point being, there are six or seven guys that we're going to whittle down um, exactly what the order is and what our preferences are over the next month or so right there. But there are some really, really talented guys. I know a lot of folks aren't high on Keon Coleman. I personally, like, if I had to pick a guy that I'm higher on in this group than most, it's probably Keon Coleman. 
um, because he does have. Let, let me say this. Here, here's the bold thing I'll say about Keon Coleman. If you told me that a year from now, after all of these guys' rookie season, somebody not named Marvin Harrison Jr. had the best rookie year, I would be willing to put money on it being Keon Coleman, depending on where he goes, just because I think that he has that really, really, really high upside that is is the difference between a guy like him and Harrison or him and Neighbors is there there's a significant risk that it's a there's some bust potential there, right? You saw some some real concentration errors. You saw some real consistency errors with him at FSU. But when he was on, kind of like Gabe Davis, like he had some of those games, especially early in the year, where he just was the best player on the field um, all day long. That that guy can, depending on who his coach is and, and where he goes, you can get that guy in the NFL. And if you if you can crack that code, he's going to be a real problem. You went to the Senior Bowl. Yeah. Um, the uh, I I gotta ask, uh, what was your biggest takeaway from the Senior Bowl? If you could only take away one thing, one thing, you're uh, like a, a, of everything that you saw, experienced, wh- whatever it may be. My and biggest takeaway. I was gonna say before you answer, Easton, uh-huh. I, I want to say that ours was finding out that juniors were allowed to participate in the season. <laughs> we did not. Know that, that was our biggest takeaway. First year. Was... Hey, for, you're not late on that. First year. First year that they can do <laughs> okay. that. Um, okay. My my okay. biggest takeaway is you're right, and it's it is false advertising at this point, right? It's the upperclassmen bowl at this point. Yeah. But right. um, we need to work on that that title. We, they need to work Reese's can that. still sponsor it, but that's we're not having. Well, that. the Reese's upperclassmen bowl just doesn't have the same ring, but they'll <laughs> they'll, they'll workshop it. Um. Maybe my biggest takeaway is that the Senior Bowl is hard, uh, just from a personal standpoint, because you go in and and unless you're somebody like uh, our buddy James Foster, who's with A to Z, who's been doing this since October, like you don't know a ton about these guys yet. It's kind of like it was my primer for a lot of these guys. And they're not wearing, you know, jerseys with their names on them. You're trying to decipher based on helmets and just knowing who went to what school. So the my first day there, I was very overwhelmed. There's like 200 guys on the field, and you're trying to watch and gather things. Um, but after I got my bearing and started to learn about some of these guys, I'll give you one guy from both sides of the ball. And this is not really a hot take. You probably heard if you cover, if you followed the coverage of the Senior Bowl at all, you heard these names a lot. But um, the defend guy that really stood out all week long is Quinion Mitchell, a cornerback out of Toledo, who you didn't watch at all this year. Don't tell me you did because you didn't because he went to Toledo. But this guy is a stud. He's going. We're going to the combine here. Uh, about a week from today, we'll be there, and he's going to run a forty that's going to melt our faces off. And ten days from now, people are going to be talking about this guy as a potential top ten pick because I really do think he has the goods. He showed up in a big way against the senior bowl talent, which for a guy like him, when you go to a school like Toledo, the senior bowl matters more for you than if you went to Texas or Alabama, because it's really the first chance that a lot of these NFL big wigs are getting a chance to like, see you go up against talent that is equivalent to what you're going to see on Sundays. And he aced the test, man. He, he was nails all week long. He might be a uh, cornerback one on a lot of people's boards when we get to April and for good reason. Um, so he is, is going to be a big riser from a school that you, again, you didn't watch at all, but he's going to be a stud in the NFL. And then on the offensive side of the ball, speaking of receivers, the Titans could potentially target. This isn't a guy I would target at 38, but um, if the Titans were to somehow get back a third round pick, which I don't know how they're going to do that, but it sure would be nice if they could have one. Uh, Roman Wilson out of Michigan, who is a, mm. definitely a guy that folks watched on Sun or on Saturdays. Um, they didn't watch him catch the ball a lot, though, because that's not really the whole Michigan thing, right? When we did see him catch the ball a lot at the Senior Bowl, man, he impressed. And he's one of the only guys that we actually saw 
beat Quinion Mitchell one on one throughout the week. He is shifty. He is really he's got really nice game speed. Uh, his his route running is is more developed than than a lot of guys at this stage in their careers. And I, I think that he's going to be somebody that may come in and be given a much bigger role opportunity in the system he you know slips into in the NFL than where he was at Michigan. He was the one there, but again, they just they didn't utilize the passing game as much as some NFL teams do. If he goes to the right place, he could be a really big problem early on because I think that he is um I think that he is a highly developed player um as compared to a lot of the other guys in this class. You can follow him on Twitter at Easton Freeze. Uh, he, you know, full of insight, full of uh, good Titans content uh, for you guys to follow. And uh, full of, after his trip to the Senior Bowl, tacos. Easton, why do you eat tacos the way that you do? I didn't tell you this. I had a hard day out at 312, so I'm going to have to... I'm gonna have to. Oh, it's three twelve. Oh, yeah, okay. exactly three twelve. I no. listen, man. I I don't think it's that weird. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna die on this hill. I so what they're referring to for I'm I'm hoping most people don't know about this because not because I'm embarrassed, but because it's not important. So please don't bother yourself with these. I, these I say things. it's pretty important, man. Uh, I yeah, I don't want to. I don't I don't want to be getting my Titans content from a guy who doesn't know how to hold a uh, tortilla with meat inside. I got made fun of because there was a very unflattering picture taken of me uh, one evening in Mobile at the Senior Bowl where I was holding a taco underhand instead of overhand, which I do both things. But with a, it was, it's important, I think, to, to note this is a soft shell taco. And I just decided to try to keep all of the contents in the taco because the taco was overflowing. I just I kind of underhanded it like I let me ask you this. How do you eat a hot dog? Are you grabbing that thing from the top? That's a good I mean, question. I, 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 I mix say, it up. Yeah, I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm ambidextrous when it That's comes what, to... So if, if it's okay to underhand a hot dog, why is it not okay to underhand a taco? That's oh, look, hot question. dog is American. Mexican is comes from a culture uh, that is not ours. And so we just have, have to, to abide respect by the culture? Rules. Is that the take? Okay. Yeah, we have to abide by it, it. Yeah. I'll add a okay. caveat. If it was a corn tortilla, those fall apart easier. So I, I respect the underhand there. The, but if it was a flour wait. tortilla, those are stronger. Those are going to keep together better. I want to say it was a flour tortilla, so I might not have a leg to stand on. Um, the way you tough, eat but... your tacos, Easton, isn't culture appropriation. It's cultural inappropriation. It's, <laughs> it's disrespectful. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Eat that way. Uh, Maybe right. I'm just so blue-blooded American that I'm I, I'm just making it my own. I, I You know what? I don't. I don't care about the way the other cultures do it. I'm going to do it that's, the way I no, want to do it. No, I wouldn't go with that take if I was you. I would, uh, <laughs> Just blatant disregard for other cultures is is what I'm going to. I'm going to plant my flag on that. Take Easton, has seen the demise of many good men. It, it sure Easton, has. Yeah. We've got three minutes until our uh, our Zoom timer runs out. Okay. So I got to ask you on your sure. way out the door, sixty seconds or less. What is your argument for mock drafts? <laughs> my argument for mock drafts is that it is a really good way to get acquainted with the draft class. It is a really good way to understand the landscape of where your specific team is picking in the draft and the, the different guys that may or may not be available there. And it's a good way to facilitate conversation on the draft class from a social standpoint. Where I agree with you in general for your disdain towards mock drafts is that it, when people take them like gospel when you take it too seriously you're doing it wrong they're they're silly they're a tool to be used for to to, to further seconds. our education and 
and uh, social experience with the draft, but nothing more. Wow. Didn't even need the full 60 seconds. Uh, okay. Um, all right. Yeah. I, I mean, you didn't change my mind at all. In the I didn't bit, expect but, to, um, no. But the yeah. rest of us are right, and you are wrong on this. <laughs> no. Mock drafts are the biggest waste of time. And honestly, the the more I see them online, the more I want to pull my hair out. because Actually, I'm it, changing my take. Mock drafts are incredibly important, and it's most important that you get them graded. And I know no better grader in the land than Austin Huff. So if you just tag him on any <laughs> yes, mock drafts please. you make, send please. him to Austin. He in his spare time, it's one of his best. It's one of his favorite hobbies. No, send I'm him your mock drafts for you. An F minus for your mock draft before you even send it to me. So don't even waste <laughs> the time to send it to me. Uh, okay, Easton, thank you as always. Uh, please work on your taco eating abilities so I can reclaim you as a. I'll get uh, in the lab. Yeah, I'm alone. sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's been a pleasure, guys. I always I love I love hanging out on this pod and I love talking to you guys. So uh, we'll do it again soon. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code A to Z Sports and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sports books. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Tennessee only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. First online real money wager only. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call Tennessee Redline at 800-889-9789. Our special thanks to Easton Freeze for joining us. Jack, a few things before we get out of here. A um, There is rumors that Friend of the team, friend of the franchise, Mr. Kevin Byard, former All-Pro, is a candidate to be cut by the Philadelphia Eagles this offseason. Jack, I don't want to do this, but it does beg the question. Did the Titans win that trade? Kevin Byard did not look like himself when he went up to Philadelphia. I mean, he didn't. And for the Titans to get anything back for him, and I know, look, he's he's highly decorated, and he's one of my favorite Titans of all time. I think of course. he should retire his number when it's all said and done. I would, but, I would firmly agree with that. But the Titans absolutely won that trade. There's no question, right? I mean, okay, so then it begs the question. Rand Carthon, one for one as a trade guy, uh, batting a 1,000? Was that um, his first that, trade? Yeah, and that wasn't even really a question. That was just me saying that. <laughs> yeah, no, no. He definitely won that trade. I mean, you got Terrell Edmonds, who you got decent use out of, right? And then you added a fifth and a sixth round pick in the draft. Two draft picks for Kevin Byard. And really, he was only he's only going to be there for one year. I expect him to move on from him. I mean, look, he's got a vast knowledge, uh, you know, when it comes to being on the back end of a defense. And he... I I think if you asked him, he'd give a lot of credit to Dean Pease, the old Titans defensive coordinator, for you know maximizing what Kevin Byard could do mentally on the field. Yeah. But he has lost his step, and it's hard to blame. I mean, how many DBs, especially safeties, last that long in the NFL and play at a Pro Bowl level? I mean, Harrison Smith did it, but there's no, that that list is really short. So yeah, 
it's it's tough to see KB kind of on the decline too for me because sure. he's a superhero, right? Like yeah, he he is him, and I'm not used to seeing him you know struggle in certain aspects. So, but even if he came back, like it's a new system. He'd have to run. He'd have to learn on defense. You know, anywhere he goes is probably going to be a new system, and that takes a while to get adjusted to. So I don't believe that that Kevin Byard that we saw at the end of last year is who Kevin Byard will be this year, but he is going to have to go find a system to where they know how to use his talents properly and a defensive coordinator who can also kind of coach him up, you know, when it comes to what to expect on, you know, the defensive side of the ball. Hand raised. I hated the trade when it went down, obviously, because of my love for Kevin Byard. Um, but also I thought it was the beginning of the end for a team that I still thought at the time had some gas in the tank. Um, and so, but now with everything all said and done and, you know, whether Kevin Byard gets cut or not, I mean, I feel like Titans kind of won that trade, which is good to get a Get a dub, especially after a from the Eagles. Where you only got six of them. Like you, you, you just lost the biggest trade in your franchise to the Eagles. It's nice to pull one over, even if it only results in a rotational yeah. safety and a fifth and a sixth round pick. Right? Like well, it, it feels good to win again. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna say. Is I feel like, I feel like Rand Carthon, until he trades a star, superstar wide receiver on draft night for uh, just a single pick. Or maybe what two picks? I think Rand Carthon. Look, he's batting a thousand in my book uh, when it comes to the trade <laughs> machine. Hey, you don't have to make a lot of trades. You just have to win the ones you do make, right? That's no. the rule. But speaking of faulty GMs of past, uh, the Titans are paying thirty-one point eight million dollars in dead money this upcoming season. That is the highest in the league by. Over seven million dollars. Uh, so uh, we have that uh, crying John Robinson at the combine to thank for that. Yeah, yeah, it's not an it's not a healthy number in dead money. You never want to have to be paying thirty eight million dollars to nobody or to dudes who are on different teams now. And yeah. I do I, I don't know that the Titans will end up leading that because they're not going to have a lot of dead money on the books this year, or uh, at least to add to what already what they already have in dead money. Like they'll they'll get rid of Andre Dillard. He'll he'll have a little handful of dead money. Um, Rashad Weaver probably going to get cut. Luke Gafford probably going to get cut. But it's not gonna. It's really not going to mount like it has over the last couple of seasons for the Titans to where, you know, their hands are really tied. And it's nice to know that. Well, it's not nice that they're you know have all this dead money, but it's nice to know that eventually that does come up, and you will get to spend that money, as soon as those contracts that you handed out previously expire in the you know in themselves so that 38 million dollars will eventually become real money the titans can use in future seasons yeah and uh and then lastly before we get out of here um t higgins posted uh i don't know do we call it a thirst trap uh his fit maybe uh just posted a a, uh, a photo of him on instagram just, I mean, look, looking good. I mean, the guy knows how to dress. He's got no good doubt fashion sense. Um, with the uh, caption "lately" in some uh, weird uh, Cam Newton esque font on <laughs> Instagram, uh, which is you know not not necessarily news related. However, what is news related? DeAndre Hopkins replying to the tweet with just one emoji. And normally, I'm not an emoji guy, but he hit him with the 
crossing swords emoji. As Titans fans have come to learn that aside from an arrow and an up pointing arrow, that means Titans, right? Oh, 100%. And here's the thing with D-Hop. Like, we don't know if he's going to be with the Titans beyond next year where he's still under contract. Like, we know he's going to be back this year or this, this next year, I should say. But from then on, it's a mystery. He can go wherever he wants. Sure. That being said, if he spends two years here and he ends up luring T. Higgins to Tennessee, you know, the Titans do have to make the trade if he gets tagged. But sure. if he convinces T. Higgins that this is the place to be, I mean, that could be his legacy here, right? Like, he had 1,000 yards last year. He'll probably do it again if he stays healthy enough next year with Will Levis under the center for the full season. But if he's able to set the Titans up for the future with a primetime receiver like T. Higgins, I mean, whatever you're paying DeAndre Hopkins is not enough. Yeah. Well, let me uh, smother your uh, optimism with a wet blanket, the wettest of blankets. Since we are Titans fans, we should um, we should assume that uh, nothing is going to come our way, um, despite landing some pretty big names in the offseason over the last couple of seasons from DeAndre Hopkins, mainly because no one else offered him anything, and uh, Julio Jones, which was a nice parting gift for from John Robinson on the way out the door, which turned out like most things John Robinson got Thanks, J-Rob. Yeah, uh, turned out to not be like the the day he signed was probably the happiest day of uh, Julio Jones's tenure in two. But do you remember football. how happy that day was? We were oh, pumped I, about. It. I was moving. I was moving that day, and uh, I was moving into my apartment in Chicago, twenty uh, seventh floor. And the boxes are coming in, and I'm just like, Titans freaking got Julio Jones. Are you kidding me? A generational talent is a Tennessee Titan, a wide receiver, a position that the Titans have had so much struggle with. And, um, yeah, well, that was the uh, happiest day. Uh, yeah. We, I, we I also did moving really out of realize. that apartment in, like, six months anyway, too. So it was very, very fitting that, that like, the day we got Julio Jones was about the day that Julio Jones. <laughs> like Y'all were both on a rent, renter contracts. Um, yeah. we, we didn't really know that Julio's hamstring was like a rack of ribs at Martin's Barbecue just falling off the bone. We so did not know that. Yeah. We, we didn't properly prepare ourselves for the Julio Jones experience. That might be on us. That look, hand raised, hand raised. Um, that's that's on us. It's like uh, the other night I went to the movie theater and I got an old fashioned from the bar at the AMC 12 in Oak Brook here in Chicago. Okay. It was the worst old fashioned I have ever had in my entire life. That's not really a movie theater drink. Well, it's not, no, but it, whenever I get, whenever I'm at a bar, I always go old fashioned first, okay? okay. Old fashioned first and a white Russian last, okay? Those oh, are like, that's, okay. That's, that's my starter and that's my nightcap, okay? What happens in between is anyone's guess, okay? <laughs> now, I, my wife was like, why don't you ask him to make it again? Or why don't you, you know, give mm. it back? I was like, first of all, I've worked in the service industry. I don't, I don't do that. I'm not that kind of guy. I'm not a return to cinder guy either. Yeah. Second of all, that man probably made me the best old fashioned he can make. Okay. (laughs) He works at an AMC as a bartender. Yeah. What if he whipped it up and was like, man, I just crushed that drink. And you're like, (laughs) I don't like it. (laughs) I have another one. 
<laughs> right. I was not about to piss in his drink, uh, for lack of a better term. But also, lastly, it was kind of my fault. That that whole thing was my fault. What am I doing ordering an old fashioned from the bar at an AMC? That is that is entirely my fault. Hand raised. Okay, so I'm not about to blame that bartender. I'm not about to blame AMC theaters. Okay, I am. That was entirely on me. Much like we as Titans fans, it was entirely on us when we signed Julio Jones and thought we were going to get anything out of it. Okay, Julio Jones as a Titan was a old fashioned at an AMC. Okay, <laughs> at a movie theater bar. It's a great reference or analogy, I should say. You didn't read the fine print, right? No. But it's you're too excited for the product, so you're not going to read the fine print. You're just pumped to have it, even yeah. if it's for a short period of time. That's what you want. You got it. You're a happy man. By the way, I got to right. ask, what movie did you go see? Anyone but you is the new. Is Glenn that the Sydney Sweeney and Sydney uh, Glenn Sweeney Powell? movie? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Both of them take their shirts off in the movie. It's um, it's pretty hot. Really. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was actually the second time I had seen it because I had seen it once while my wife was out of town and uh, my wife really wanted to see it. So as a loving husband, I went and saw it again, which it look, if you're a rom-com guy, I would say that movie makes it feel like rom-coms are back. Um, really? That, I'm a rom-com yeah. guy. I'm an Adam yeah, Sandler it, guy. It had, it had all the makings of a great rom-com. Um, okay. Which is maybe what we should do. Maybe we should have like a movie review segment at the end of each each week this offseason because <laughs> we, there's so little football to talk about. Um, I'm but, down. Yeah, like a signed a signed movie for the week. Yeah, maybe the Tuckers can help us out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you wanna, if there's movies on Netflix or stuff you want us to watch, look, we'll we'll take suggestions at Tighten Up Pod on it on Twitter at Tighten Up Podcast on Instagram. Hit us up. Let us know what movies we should see. But. Um, <clears throat> Anyone but you, better than the old fashioned I got at the movie theater. That's for sure. Okay, um, it's on my list then. All right, yeah, go see it, Jack. Go see it. As I'm sure old you fashioned and white Russian. That's, well, that's, okay, that's the I don't old get Russian them. method. That's Vladimir then, Putin's probably method of drinking. <laughs> I don't get them. I don't usually get them at the same time. First of all, like whenever I order a white Russian, it's it's the nonverbal cue to my wife, like, hey. This is it. This is the last drink of the night. Let's we're calling it a night. We're heading home after this. Um, the old fashioned is just if I'm at a bar, I got to get an old fashioned. I got to try it at everywhere I go. If and then if I go back to that place and they, I know they have a crappy old fashioned. I don't get it. I don't. I don't start with that. It's just it's. I gotta. I gotta. It's. I gotta sample the old fashioned every bar I go to. Essentially. I like the white Russian finisher move, though. You need a little sweet treat before you you call it a night. Like oh, it's the lot. perfect nightcap drink, in my opinion. It is if you were going out for nightcaps, get get yourself a white Russian. You may get a weird look at the bar because um, <laughs> you know it's not a common drink that is made um, at most bars. But man, do I love one! It is. Yeah, you're the dude. I'm the dude. I'm the dude. look at you, Megan. Mur- I'm, oh, I'm on a hot streak. I, I'm on a hot. We got it. We got to call it. We got to call it. We got to get out of here before Jack ruins any other movie reference because that was a great one to end on. Um, follow the podcast at Titan Up Pod on Twitter, at Titan Up Podcast on Instagram. You can follow Jack on Twitter and his incredible knowledge and deep, deep knowledge of movies and film. 
Uh, in fact, that's an, he doesn't even call them movies. He calls them films. Uh, at Jack A. Gentry on Twitter. <laughs> and then you can follow me on Twitter at Austin Huff. Jack, um, oh, follow A to Z Sports and all the socials as well. Um, and go ahead and follow Austin Stanley on Twitter as well because I, uh, I you know, kind of threw him under the bus. Almost, almost snubbed him. Oh, I almost it. snubbed him, and I feel bad about that. At Austin Stanley, eighty-one, I think, which mm-hmm. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, was his high school football number. He's a, he's a couple of years younger than me, but um, he, uh, I think, that was his high school football number, if I'm not mistaken. Austin Stanley, eighty-one on Twitter. Um, Jack, do you have anything for the road? Not off the top of my head, so I'm going to have to go with no. Oh, I will say, I found out a random fact about a Titan this week. Um, Aaron Kinney. We tweeted a picture of Aaron Kinney for name a random tight end on Twitter. That that trend yeah. was happening. So I did that. And then I looked up Aaron Kinney. You know, he's the head of the fire department, wherever he lives. So when he played, he was like volunteering as a fireman. So I did not know that he stayed with it post playing days. But yeah, I did know he had those like fireman ties to him. Okay. Hired as the first fire chief. For the city of Mount Juliet in 2013. So he might be in Mount Juliet as the fire chief. Okay, hang on. This is, I feel like the, the, let's not bury the lead here. Mount Juliet didn't have a fire chief before 2013. That's a, that's a great, great point you bring up. Okay, now, no, he's not in Mount Juliet anymore. I assume that they, they hired their first fire chief and were like, we don't need a fire chief anymore. They said, they said, screw this. We don't need fire protection. We're Mount Juliet, damn it. <laughs> So now he's in Norfolk, which is in the greater Boston area, but he is the fire chief up there as well. So I'll very what, cool. Aaron Kinney. He knows from, he knows from Mount, Mount Juliet. Chad, Chad Withrow? Withrow. Okay, Chad there you go. <laughs> Chad Withrow. Oh, so uh, honestly, I, I they probably said, look, no fire chief can put out the hot takes that come spitting out of Chad Withrow's mouth. That was probably it. I mean, honestly, if he, he look, Chad Withrow, the man who dubbed us the uh, loyal uh, Titans podcast, uh, loyal, loyal Titans fan podcasters, uh, I believe Loyal it was. Titans podcast fanboys. Yeah. Okay. The, then, um, yeah, then I don't think, I, I, I don't, I don't think anyone's, um, anyone's ever going to be able to put out those, those screaming hot takes. Uh, mm-hmm. That mic's going to catch on fire. It's so hot. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Kinney said, "You know what? I gotta like I got hired here in 2013. I gotta I gotta move on uh, very quickly." Um, but uh, okay, Mike so has since go. cooled down up in Mount Juliet since 2013. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, here it is. In in and I quote: "I chuckle at loyal Titans fanboy podcasters that are crushing me for referring to a clear regression as a failure." These same losers crush Colts fans for hanging AFC South banners. I don't think we've ever done that on this podcast, though. It's crush Colts fans for their banners. We crush Colts fans for other things, like Jim Mercer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are strictly, uh, we are strictly making fun of their owner who loves to save orcas. That the banners, <laughs> honestly, we we save that for the internet. It's kind of out oh, outplayed. Yeah, on we the don't internet. want to beat a dead horse there. Which, speaking of the internet, you like that's that the one? only the place cult? you can catch Chad's uh, radio show is now on <laughs> the internet. 
much like this one. So looks like we're all just a bunch of <laughs> podcasters now. All right, we are going to get out of here. Uh, the uh, <laughs> it is the off season, guys. We just have to embrace it. We love you guys. Uh, until next week. Wait, hold on. All right. With all that said, until next week. Tighten up. Tighten up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans. They'll keep on fighting all the way.